He ran with a silent audience then. Sil flew down as a ribbon of light and took up position beside his head, matching his speed. He leapt over obstacles and splashed through puddles, letting his muscles warm to the exercise. Then he jumped up on the wall. He hit awkwardly, tripping and rolling through some frill blooms. He came to rest face down, lying on the wall. He growled and pushed himself to his feet as Stormlight sealed a small cut on his arm. Jumping onto the wall, he felt too unnatural. When he hit, it took time to orient himself. He started running again, sucking in some Stormlight, accustoming himself to the change of perspective. When he reached the next gap between plateaus, to his eyes it looked as if he'd reached a deep pit. The walls of the chasm were his floor and ceiling. He hopped off the wall, focused on the floor of the chasm, and blinked, willing that direction to become down to him again. He landed in another stumble, and this time tripped into a puddle. He rolled over to his back, sighing, lying in the cold water. Creme that had settled on the bottom squished between his fingers as he clenched his fist. Sill landed on his chest, taking the form of a young woman. She put her hands on her hips. What? he asked. That was pathetic. Agreed. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for Chapter 52, Into the Sky of Words of Radiance. If you haven't picked the right episode or if you've skipped ahead in your reading by accident, make sure you go back and find yourself in the right spot because you definitely don't want to miss any of this chapter. This is amazing. If you are exactly where you're supposed to be, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And you know... He continues to be right about this Peter Pan comparison. He can fly, he can fly, he can fly. <laughs> it's Jack! He flies. What's up, buddy? Uh, uh, do they fly now? I think they fly now. I think they fly now, dude. <laughs> they fly now? They fly now? Literally, I the, guess. Literally the only thing that was good about the sequels of the Star Wars, the Star Wars sequels <laughs> is they can fly now? That's the only thing that was good about it. Actually, no, I'm not even a fan of that. You're not? Um, That's a good line. That's a good line. No, they fly now? No, is it? The way that the way so. that Oscar Isaac delivered it is perfect. No, Oscar Isaac it is makes perfect. My, Oscar, uh, the cast was perfect. Mm-hmm. I, it's just other things were not perfect. So what did you think, dude? What do you think about this whole, this whole chapter is okay. a doozy? Chapter 52. This is a great chapter. You know what I really liked? Tennis. Back and forth yeah this was great for that mm-hmm. you know perspective here perspective there back yeah. and forth back and forth it was wonderful so it's called into the sky this is chapter 52 you know how we um we do- you know how we've talked before about how um the characters were apart physically and their chapters yeah. were apart in the book right and then as right. these characters come closer and closer to each other <clears throat> they start <clears throat> to interchange perspectives these povs start yeah. to shift back and forth and we right. we know that 
especially in this chapter, um, there's like kind of like a um like a vernal equinox, this like moment that's happened that has affected both these characters and yeah. it's revealed to, to us the I reader yeah. that this one person maybe or moment has affected yeah. both these characters dramatically both of them yeah. in a very similar way too, yeah right? yeah so we'll, we'll get to that later yeah. but um yeah it's it's really great it's, it's super cool mm-hmm. um the beginning here i didn't uh, get too much out of the uh, the excerpt so once again we get another excerpt from the words of radiance chapter mm-hmm. 11 page 6 now as the truth watchers were esoteric in nature their order being formed entirely of those who never spoke or wrote of what they did Mm -hmm. in this lies frustration for those who would see their exceeding secrecy from the outside they were not naturally inclined to explanation and in the case of coberin's disagreements their silence was not a sign of an exceeding abundance of disdain but rather an exceeding abundance of tact Mm -hmm. Quite, uh, so, um, th- th- there's a lot in here, but it doesn't tell us much. No. Well, truth watchers, esoteric in nature. Extremely never secretive. spoke, and never spoke of what they, they did. No. So like, it's never almost wrote like, of it. it's almost saying that like, you yeah. know, we, we, we'd love to be able to tell you what the truth watchers did, what kind of powers they had, what they accomplished, but yeah. they don't really know. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. And as soon as you uh, close, if you, as soon as you have activities going on behind closed doors, mm, that's when the conspiracies abound. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes me so. definitely more interested in these truth watchers and like what's their role mm-hmm. in all of it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's a nice little mystery. So thanks, uh, JJ Abrams, for that box. That's great. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> no thanks, JJ. No thanks. <laughs> I, I think it says right here after that excerpt, it says trademark JJ. JJ. <laughs> tm jj no it's uh what's the um what's the secret company on lost the one that the uh oh the dharma project the dharma, dharma, dharma initiative yeah uh qu- d- courtesy dharma? of the dharma, dharma? <laughs> dharma initiative yeah yeah so kaladin strolling along the shattered plains at night he has mm-hmm. life spread spinning about him to his left he hears the sound of the war camps busy with activity and to the right silence mm-hmm just those endless plateaus. I really like that beginning yeah. of this chapter. It's um it's great because it's really like neat. we we barely we rarely get him alone anymore. He's either guarding someone right. or he's training someone. We barely yeah. get him alone, but the thing I like here is that Cal Kaladin's never alone. Cuz he always has Sil. No, Sil. Right? Yeah. yeah. So even yeah. when he's alone, he's not really alone, which is kind of, it's kind of says something about the, the, the bond with the spren that, you know, you always have someone having your back, which is really, really nice. Cause when, when you think you're alone now, you're not really alone. There's a, a spren, spren around. <laughs> There's a spren around. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, what was there? Okay. Was, what was there for men out here? It says here in this beginning, mm-hmm. nothing but salvation itself discovered in the depths of those chasms. Yeah. We, re- we kind of really know, like yeah, we, we kind of know that Cal feels that way about these, these chasms, right? We chasms. talked about rebirth, yeah. death, and life in these chasms right. and like- A new the, beginning. Yeah. He's taking, he's literally taking broken men and bringing down to the depths so they can be reborn and find salvation, right? Which is awesome. Right. Right. It is, it's very, very cool. 
Um, Kaladin turned and strolled out along the chasms, passing soldiers on duty, torches shivering in the wind, and they saluted him. Mm-hmm. There, he thought, picking his way along a particular plateau, the war camps to his left stained the air with light. God, I love the way that's described. Mm-hmm. The war camps stained the air with light. I just, I imagined it in my mind like a painting. Like a stained glass Couldn't window or like... Well, no, actually, well, more like a painting, almost like watercolor. Like it's, it's staining, the, the light is staining the, 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 the canvas. Um, I just love the way that was, that was described. Mm-hmm. At the plateau's edge, he comes to the place where he had met with the king's wit on that night weeks ago, a night of decision and of change. Mm-hmm. And he stands there looking eastward. Eastward again is something that we get a lot from Dalinar. Right. Where the origin of the storms come <clears throat> and. Right. Yeah. So change and decision. So he had a, he has a belt, um, around his waist, um, with bags of spheres. And then he just steps off into the chasm. Right. Remember, he, he almost stepped <clears throat> off into the chasm right. in the first book at the honor chasm right. to end it right. all. And now he's doing it in a completely different way to become a different person, to go and finally right. try to break through and learn how to use this, this power that he has. And I love the fact that he so picks it, the chasm or the, the, the plateau where him and Wit had this moment when they, when Wit right. told him the story of Wandersail. It's such a important part of, of who Kaladin is, you know, that, you know, don't, right. you know, don't worry about it. Just, just be right. This is what Sill has been telling him. So. And again, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those moments too, where once again, you have a place that was once associated with all members of, of, of the bridge of the bridgeman, um, of, of bridge four, where you would go to die. Like this was mm-hmm. your end. Like things were so bad. Right. There was no point to life. And, and now he's jumping in it as a place to, as you, as you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> to be reborn, to continue his journey. Right. Let's say. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's so cool. Cause again, like you said, the, the, the big running theme of this book is perspective. Right. So again, we get it full stop. And also just what a great beginning. I, I am going to declare that I completely think that this is my Luke Skywalker Dagobah training, mm. uh, a chapter of Kaladin uh, running around. We, we, we don't quite have a Yoda figure, but you kind of do in With still Phil. like she yeah. does cause she's offering criticism. Oh, that was pretty mm-hmm. good. Or that wasn't, yeah. you could do better. You know, so she's offering a little bit of advice, not, not too, too much in the way of a, of a teacher figure necessarily. Like sh- she's more of like, um, she, 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 she kind of flits and flirts and, and, uh, and offers him like little quips. Um, right. Sil is like equal parts, um, forgetful. So she doesn't really know the answer Yeah, and all, right. uh, and uh, equal parts, not wanting to, she's withholding the answer. She doesn't want to tell right. you stuff. We'll get to that later. There's a part where yeah. he asks her questions and she <laughs> yeah. just doesn't and say she, anything. She's like silent. Anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So scene change. Um, then. So scene change, which is great because we get a lot of them in this chapter, which is what makes this chapter so great. Mm-hmm. Um, Shallan did not care for Sadius's war camp. The air was different here. It stank and it smelled of desperation, if that was even a smell. Mm-hmm. She, but she thought she could describe it. The scent of sweat and of cheap drink and of creme that had not been cleaned off the streets. So this is a, a really stark <coughs> difference here between 
Sadius's camp, Siberials, and Dalinar's. And we get in the sec- in the second little paragraph here, we get a nice. Yeah, we get a nice kind of like vis-a-vis and how they all kind of work, right? Yeah. And the, so and barrels the camp smelled of spice and industry, new leather, which I thought that was great, and and livestock. Dalinar's camp, and this is so perfectly written, Dalinar's camp smelled of polish and oil. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Isn't that great? It's really like, great. Like, like, because he's got everybody in uniform, everything yeah. is, you know, by the book, it's yeah. a well-oiled machine. She, she like, says, uh, everyone was doing something practical. Right. Yeah. Right. There were too few soldiers, so this I didn't like. There were too few soldiers in Dalinar's camp these days, but again, he took a great loss at the tower, right? Mm-hmm. But each wore his uniform as if it were a shield against the chaos of the times. Yeah. And I love that too. Me too. I wrote that. You know, like, I, in my notes, it says, love this with big stars on it. Yeah. 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 I love I mean, it, it so much. It's just, it's wonderfully written. And it's, it's so true that like, imagine being a part of this uh, situation, a part of this war, this, this endless six years, the oath. Um, is it the Pact of Vengeance? What, what's it called? The, the, uh, the official the, title? The, um, the, Vend- the Vengeance Pact. Pact. Right. Right. That's mm-hmm. it. Sadius's camp, the men wore unbuttoned jackets, they had wrinkled trousers, there's tavern after tavern, spitting forth a racket, whorehouses were common. Um, they were, but also, uh, in the next paragraph, I, I want to note this, she passed fewer parchment mm-hmm. than she commonly saw. Yeah. Sadius preferred traditional slaves, men and women with branded foreheads. As we obviously got in the way of kings with meeting most of Bri- all of Bridge Four, right? Or most of Bridge Four. Um, so that I thought was interesting. Uh, again, I'm what I'm wondering is: Does that mean Sadius is one up on the situation? Does he know that there's a potential threat, maybe with these par, par- with these parchment or with the parshendi? Mm-hmm. Is and, he? And if not, then he's stumbled into potentially an advantage. If what Yasna says if. could happen is true, um, right. if it, that comes to pass, Sadius will be kind of in an okay spot because most of his workforce are slaves. So, right. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, then, so she, she sort of thinks here, perhaps instead of wondering at the awfulness of Sadius's camp, she should be marveling that the others weren't the same. Yeah. I like that, that she, you know, that she, she was looking around and it's, it's kind of like the world croaching and, you know, coming in on you. And then you go, I need to change my perspective. Right. I shouldn't be focusing on so much about Sadius's camp being this way or that or the stench or right. the, whatever. How bad it is me. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I should be thinking about Sabariel and the leather and mm. the spice and Dalinar's machine where everyone's doing practical things. This yeah. looks good. Yeah. So I one of the, I like that. One of the other things I want to quickly point out before we move off this here is she er, yep. earlier when she talks about uh, um Sadius's camp, she says in Sabariel's camp people walked in groups. But right. here in Sadius's camp, they loped along in packs, like almost like they're predators. Right. Like and it it's a huge it's it's a really nice metaphor because like in Sabariel's they're just hanging out together. They're walking, they're regular people. Right. But you could feel how in Sadius's camp, these people walking together are like together, like a pack of animals. Right. Yeah. So I just, I, I really liked that, uh, that description too. 
She wore the face of a young, dark-eyed man. This is interesting. So mm-hmm. this this is where we get Shalon with the face after face, right? right. Like we're getting yeah. This is like um, she's flexing here. This is the most she's been oh, able to yeah. do with one, with her power. Totally. Um, she wore the face of a young, dark-eyed man. Her hair pushed into up into her cap. She wore sturdy gloves because even disguised as a boy, she wasn't about to go around with her safe hand exposed. Right. I thought that was interesting that she that's she can't let go of that sense of uh i guess propriety, propriety yeah. or um or um what's the word i'm looking for um uh, oh can't think of it right now not humility um oh uh, i thought of the word it's modesty okay so she wore the face of this young dark-eyed man um and her safe hand of course had to be with the gloves on but before tonight um, she had done a series of sketches in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I like, I like the fact that Mr. Sanderson does that you know, for us in that explains that this didn't just come off the cuff. Right. She had to prepare for this. Right. You know, a bu- she had to draw a bunch of new faces that she could, um, but she practiced. She was sketching them in the morning and then using the image in the afternoon, because if she waited longer than that, the image that she had created became blurred. And then it says here at the end of this paragraph, the process of creation left a picture in her mind that eventually wore thin. Yeah, I like this. It it gives us kind of an idea of her limitations. You know what I mean? This power that she has is cool, but it it doesn't last forever. You know, she she can't just create a drawing of of this young uh, dark-eyed boy and then can use it all the time. She'll have to, she wants to use it again tomorrow. She'll have to redo another Mm -hmm. picture of the same kid, right? So I love that. But this, so this face that, that, that she creates, um, was based on the messenger youths that were in Sadius's camp. So she's right. no fool. This is, yeah. this is well calculated. Yeah. Yeah. We this know is not- by the end of the chapter, we know that she's coming like, she staked out this place several times. Right. Yeah. I, I, I have that. It's coming up. I think all that. Again, I like the fact that, that Sanderson has provided us with all of that info. And it takes, it's literally takes no time for us to say that. For no him to time. Say that. Yeah. It's just a few, a few paragraphs. And, you know, if you were to utilize the same thing in, let's say, film, mm-hmm. you, you can, you can do it. You know, <laughs> wink, wink. You can do it. Yeah. It's not that hard. Um, Amram was a high lord, man of third dawn. Which made him a full rank. Okay, so I guess to be clear, she's on her way to Amaram's uh, mansion, right? right? So, um, okay. Man of Third Dawn, which made him a full rank higher than Shalon's father had been. Mm-hmm. Two ranks higher than Shalon herself. Right. So this is a, a, a big, big guy here and, and an entitled man. Well, remember, we know, that, manner, we know that as soon as you win a shard blade, yep. you become way more important. So oh. he might not have yeah. been a third dawn before the blade, but we'll, now that he is, we'll, we'll get to that reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy stuff. His, it's, it's awesome. His manner flew his own banner, and he had his own personal military force occupying nearby buildings. Um, they were f- showing his colors; these stripes of color, which were burgundy and forest green. Mm-hmm. And then she hears a voice and says, "Hey, you!" And then she freezes. And there's a couple of patrolling guards coming along. Right. So again, this just, I loved reading it. Very D&D. Um, and just, uh, I just imagined her 
I don't know. I guess I was also thinking about the movie. Um, what was it? I just watched it the other day. Uh, Sleeping with the Enemy with Julia Roberts. Ooh, that's a good one. Where I love that. It's one of my one of my favorites. Um, where she's uh, she's disguised herself as a young boy to, in order to go see her mother at an old age home to right. be away from her, her abusive ex uh, husband. Let's mm-hmm. say. Anyway, so I was imagining Shalon, you know, decked out in, in this, you know, but again, it's ma- it's more magical, I guess. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. In terms but we do the... find out that the hat she's wearing is <clears> practical. <throat> so it's a mix of practical right. effects and light weaving effects, right? So that's smart of her to keep some stuff. If someone were to grab her hat, it would you'd be able to feel yeah. it, right? So that's good. Right. <laughs> so a little bit of Jim Henson, a yeah. little bit of ILM. Right. <laughs> um. So she freezes, um, their uniforms were sharper than any she'd seen in the camp. Mm-hmm. Even the buttons were polished. So again, this is noting what Amram thinks about things. Right. 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 So that's interesting. They wore the skirt like Takamas, um, instead of the trousers and the next sentence is Amram was a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. So again, that he shares. So... I, I love it so much that when you're talking about Amram or Sadius or Dalinar, there's things to share between them. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. There's always a shared element. Right. Which, which in some ways is good, but in other ways for me, I'm just like, ah, like why can't they just be, okay, you're good and you're bad and this mm-hmm. is the end. Okay, bye. Like one of the things I like <laughs> about this, um, about this shiny buttons and, and really sharp coats and stuff is it gets yeah. back to that line from before where, um, despicable men, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but despicable men can wear mm. shiny breastplates, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the outward looking, uh, sharpness and, um, traditionalist sure. in him, it could be covering up really his right. real personality, which we yeah. know it does, right? Something so, more sinister. Yeah. 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 So she, she gets called after here and the, the uh, guard says, messenger, this time of night, and she's, she fires back, it's not even second moon yet, sir. Mm-hmm. He, fr- he frowns at her and says, and, and he's thinking, sir, and then she realizes, oh, right, he's not an officer. I shouldn't have said that. Right. So her Report first, <clears throat> first little mistake she makes, right? But it doesn't right. seem, it doesn't bite her in the ass eventually. It's not something that costs no. her, but it is a slight mistake. And I like that she takes note of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. She catches it. That's, so that's, that's good. She's, mm-hmm. she's aware. Report at the, at uh, the guard post from now on when you visit, the guard says to her, we're supposed to, sorry, we're going to start keeping a secure perimeter. Yes, Sergeant. She, she replies. Oh, stop harassing the lad, have... You can't expect him to know the rules when half of the soldiers don't even know yet. Mm-hmm. And Hav doesn't really like this response and says, well, on with you. And sort of dismisses her. Right. So it seems like she's catching a break here, which is good. Right. And she's also gleaned a bit of information, which she's going to use later. One soldier right. uses the other soldier's name, Hav, and she gets to have. use that information later to secure oh, yeah. her alibi with all the, when she tries to make sure that everything works out okay. So that's great. I love that. Like being able to just pick up a little bit of information like that and use it again. Perfect. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's what a real good spy we, does. We do get, we do get a, a little bit of a weakness here in Amram's camp. Um, she, she's noting here that they were complaining about having a, a secure perimeter. We're not really complaining, but noting. And so she's thinking, I don't envy that task. Amram didn't have a wall mm-hmm. to keep people out, just some striped posts. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I wanted to 
point that out in case that proves another weakness of right. you know of his camp. He doesn't have a wall. He's got he's got posts. Right, and the not as easy to defend. Right. The really hilarious part about this, <clears throat> and I don't know what you call this in literature, but they're mm. going to make a secure per- perimeter. He doesn't have a wall. He just has these posts. But even if he did mm-hmm. have a wall, it wouldn't fucking matter mm-hmm. because later on in the chapter, Cal says, "You know, I could just go over there and kill him," and no matter yeah. wall would stop him yeah. from being able to do it because what he just was able to unlock in himself. So secure right. perimeter, a wall, none of that matters. If Kaladin wants to kill this man, he can. There is nothing that can stop him. No wall, no soldiers. So I like how it's like this fake security that doesn't really matter. You know, I, I don't know. But, th- but there, so there, therein lies the catch with the, I guess the whole argument of, you know, with great power is great responsibility, let's say, um, because with Zeth, mm-hmm. he's told what to do. Right. Like he is serving someone. Right. Right. He's not making a decision. No, he's not. Right. right. So that's where, that's where Kaladin, that, that's where the concern gets with, if, if you're, if your goal is to be as good as Zeth. Right. Well, then what's to stop you doing anything? Well, Zeth takes, uh, takes all the emotion out of it, right? He's like a robot right. almost. I know. I'm just saying that Kaladin's not that. Right. So what, so what does it mean mm-hmm. when Kaladin becomes as talented as Zeth? Right. Either his emotions are a hindrance or <clears throat> it's an advantage. We're, 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 right. we're, not, we're not sure what, which one it is yet, so. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've just, I've said it before. I worry, I worry for Kaladin. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Amram's manor was relatively small. Two stories. Um, he had personal guards about, about 50 of them, she noted. I love that too. She's even taking note of the numbers too. Yeah. Like, a lot of details here. Mm-hmm. She ducks behind an, out, an, out, uh, an outbuilding and squats down. She'd spent three evenings scouting this area already. Right. Wearing a different face each time. Yeah, I love that. And then, and now she's waiting for another face to come on. And she actually says, come on, come on. Yeah. And finally, a young dark-eyed woman steps out of the manor, arm in arm with a tall man in trousers. She's actually watching for this very lady that she's right. been clocking. Mm-hmm. So this woman titters off with her friend, and this was a maid. Shalon still hadn't been able to get her name, unfortunately, but she left every night at this time. Twice with this man and once with another. So mm. good for her. Yeah. Go, get it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shalon took a deep breath and drawing in stormlight, um, she breathes out and became someone else. I really like that. You breathe in and when you breathe out, you're someone else. Yeah. That's really cool. You know what I mean? It's almost, you know, I, I think we all could do that too with our, with some of our concerns and worries and stuff. Just, you know, breathe in, hold it. It's what I tell, it's what I tell my kids all the time. Yeah. There's so much stress going on in the house right now that I'm constantly saying, okay, everyone stop, take a deep breath and -hmm. just, you know, it helps. It really does. It's weird, but it helps. Absolutely. Um, she's noting here some of the things that she needs to remember about this maid. I love this part. She, she giggles and laughs and she prances about walking on her toes. Um, her voice is higher than mine and she doesn't have an accent so she's trying to remember all these things about right. her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really neat it's like coaching herself um, a little bit yep she'd been practicing how to sound right but hopefully she wouldn't need to know how 
um, to find out how believable her voice was. She was hoping not to not to speak very much. Right. Um, she stands up, holding her breath and living off of stormlight. She strides. Uh, she strides toward the building. Yeah. What a cool, cool little moment for Shalon too, right? Like this, like right. th- yeah, it's, it's it introduces both these perspectives, and yeah. and they're both really, really interesting right now. So it's, really interesting, yeah. I know. So it was, um, and so now we're back to the chasm. So now we get another another uh, POV change. We're back mm. to Kaladin. <clears throat> Hits the bottom of the chasm, a glowing storm of light around him. Takes off at a jog, spear over his shoulder. It was difficult for him to stand still with stormlight in his veins. Yeah, they've said that before, that it's, yeah. you know, um, it just it wants to be used, right? It's like thrumming in his body. I have to say here that that using veins, it's probably not, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it has a connotation, I think, of, of drug use. Um, I, I don't think that's the way that Sanderson meant it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but, I, but just, you know, coursing through your veins, I think of like comic books, you know, where you've got characters like Bane mm-hmm. who are injected with power the and they become, yeah, you know, the, the, oh, yeah, venom, the venom. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Right. So it just sort of, it, it sort of has a bit of that. Although I think in this, in this world, it's a little more <sighs> mystical somehow. Right. It's funny. Cause I, I, I read this um, part and I immediately thought of my oldest daughter, Nora, she mm. was diagnosed with ADHD uh, last year, and she mm. definitely has stormlight coursing through her veins. That kid fucking can't sit still, man. <laughs> she like literally gets up like five times during dinner, and I'm like, "Would you sit down?" Like, I have you know she's like, empathy stormlight, for stormlight. She, she's like, "I just want to. Can I just want to lash everything, Dad?" Like, she just you know what I mean. She's on the ceiling. How did you get up there, stormlight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she uh, yeah. she definitely can't sit still. That's funny. Um. The stormlight rising from his exposed skin was enough to illuminate the chasm. I loved that description. Mm -hmm. Like the glow of him is casting shadows and those shadows are like almost like following him, becoming other entities or beings. Yeah, it's it's a little creepy. It's kind of reacting like like the flora does, right? When you walk around and the plant life kind of like changes as you walk around, so do the shadows. Like that's really cool. And it kind of adds to that whole thing of like, you're not alone down here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's kind of like, well, it's like that idea that I was t- uh, telling you before about the inanimate being and being not what we think it is. Right. Right. Like, well, that, but, I mean, but we, know right. that's, even, we know that's, we know that's true, right? We know that's right. true because I am stick. Based on these. I am stick. Right. I am stick. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah. Um, love that bit. Sill flies down in a ribbon of light, taking a position uh, beside his head, matching his speed. He's leaping over obstacles and s- splashing through puddles, and then he jumps up onto a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, he hits it awkwardly, rolling through some filbru- from from rolling through some frill broom. I can't even say that frill blooms, crashing face down, lying on the wall. The stormlight sealing up a small cut that he got. And then he picks himself up and starts running again, sucking in more stormlight, accustoming himself to the change of perspective. Ah, look at us. So there it is, right? Um, I feel so proud of that. You know, I feel so proud of the whole, this book is about perspective. Like, I feel like I'm an English scholar. You read it before you. (laughs) Hey, that doesn't take away from my ability to see stuff. Come on. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I'm trying to pat myself on the the back here. 
I'll pat you, buddy. I'll pat pers- you. Me saying perspective is like you saying wind in no, the first it's... book. I just want to be able to be as cool as you. That's all. <laughs> wind in the first book. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, perspective is huge in this uh, in this series, and there it is in black and white. Mr. Sanderson's telling us uh, very plainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kaladin hops off the wall, focused on the floor of the chasm. He's blinking, willing that direction to become down to him again. Mm-hmm. So here he's practicing lashing. He lands in another stumble and this time trips into a puddle. Yeah. Still lands on his still lands on his chest. I love this. Taking the form of a young woman puts her hands on her hips. Yeah, and he's like, "What?" Just like just like Tinkerbell. Right? Just like Tink. Hands on her hips. He's like, "What?" And he, "What?" Yeah, and she says, "That was pathetic." <laughs> Agreed. Well, maybe you're taking it a little too quickly, she says. Why not try to jump onto the wall without a running start? Well, the assassin could do it this way. I need to be able to fight like he does. I see. And I suppose he started doing all of this the moment he was born without any practice at all. Reminds me of another character. Mm-hmm. Um, you sound like Tux used to. Oh? Was he brilliant, beautiful, and always right? God, Amazing. You gotta love her. Yeah. She's so good. She's I mean, great. Yeah. She, her, her responses are... You know, similar to Shallan's, I find. Yeah, you're totally right. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she, the way she has this kind of... I, w- I was going to say Yasna, but Yasna doesn't respond like that. She, um, but Shallan does. Yeah, t- Shallan totally does, yeah. Sil <clears throat> is quick-witted <clears throat> as well, for sure. He was loud, intolerant, and profoundly acerbic, Kaladin says. Good use of the word, though, by the way, mm-hmm. acerbic. Um, but yes, he was basically always right. He faced the wall and leaned his spear against it. Zeth called this lashing, he says. Mm-hmm. Remembering the, the, the conversation <clears throat> he had with Zeth when after they falling met. out of the tower. Yeah. yeah, right. A good term, Sil says. <laughs> well, to get this down, I'm going to have to practice some fundamentals. Just like learning a spear, he thinks. Yeah. That, that probably meant hopping onto and off the wall a couple hundred times. Now, the last sentence before the point of view is better that than dying on the man's assa- uh, than dying on that assassin's shard blade. Right. So it's true though. Like he's going to have to do his katas. Like he's going to have to. Like he trained the men yeah. to be able to do, fight with a spear. He's going to have to do the same thing here. You mean you have to train and do something in order to get better at it? You have to practice. What? Practice. 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 Can't I just be born rich and pay my way out of it? You could be like uh, Alan Iverson and be like, <laughs> practice? I don't want to practice. Anyways. What? Who's this? That's uh, an NBA ref- uh, reference. Never mind. Moving on. Oh. Uh, <laughs> a scene change here. A scene change. I feel like, I feel this is like, <laughs> we should have done this like improv. Scene change and scene. And scene. <laughs> scene change. <laughs> um... Shallan steps into Amaram's kitchens now, so she's 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 infiltrated in in here as this uh, young dark-eyed woman, this this maid who she doesn't even know the name of yet. Mm-hmm. There's curry simmering here, some mm. some smells coming smells from the like hearth, curry. which I nice. love. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, love me some curry. We're having curry for dinner tonight, by the way. Oh, you are. Yeah. We, we were going to, we were going to, mm. but then we did, we decided on something else. Love it. We're having. We're having lentil, vegetable lentil soup. Mm, not as good as curry. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's healthy. It is good. Um, the cook browsed a gnaw. This is nice too. I love this description. 
uh, or, or rather the, the inclusion of this, uh, this character. The cook browsed a novel in the corner while her girl scrubbed pots. So the room is, kind of, is busy. Like she's walked in on this, in this yeah. kitchen. Yeah, it's not empty. And there's the cook. The cook is reading a novel, which I thought was just so great. Yeah. What she what she reading? It'd be it'd be great if it was Way of Kings. It was. It's probably it's the it's it, well, it's the Dark Tower by Stephen King. It's the Dark Tower, yeah. right? Um. So, um, uh, comes in. The room was well lit with spheres. Amram apparently trusted his servants. That's interesting, eh? Yep. All these all these spheres around, and he's not afraid of them getting no. stolen or. No. It's like funny that. because That's he. He seems like a nice person. Like even yep. his interaction with the maid later, that's Shalon, and his interaction yeah. with the um, the messenger, which is Shalon as well. He he's, he seems like a nice person. We just know yeah, the truth of it. I know we know the truth, <sighs> but he that this is why you know he outwardly portrays himself as a really good person. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's horrible. Screwy. I fell. I I fell for it. I really thought. He, his character would have been you fell for his dreamy well. eyes let's be honest I don't know what I felt his polished buttons I guess it was <laughs> um, a long flight of steps up to the second floor the room that she was looking for was the room with the secrets that had been easy to locate because it was the room that was shuttered um, and, and never, never opened. opened yeah right but before she can leave this kitchen she's, she can't get out of here she's trying to get out of this room yep. but she can't the cook doesn't even doesn't even glance away from her book. Yeah, the, the cook says back already, and she was a Herdesian from the accent. Um, his gift tonight wasn't nice enough, referring to the man that yeah. the maid went after, right? Right. Or did the other one spot the two of you together? <laughs> the cook says, "Well, might as well put you to good use." Stein wanted someone to polish mirrors for him. He's in the study cleaning the master's flutes, and then she's thinking flutes. The master Amram, uh, Amram, Amram has, has flutes, <laughs> like more than one. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He's a flautist. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's his instrument of choice going into battle. I, I want to find I want to find a fan art of uh, Amram yeah. with a flute. Amram is doing he's doing he's playing Peter and the Wolf on the flute. Peter and the Wolf. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut right there. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's funny. So she ends up taking um, a different way up here. She did. Well, the cook didn't look up from a novel and says, don't think we haven't noticed you uh, sneaking off during midday, child. Just because the master is fond of you doesn't mean that you can take advantage. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Master was fond of her. Right. Go to work. Spending your free evenings cleaning instead of playing might remind you that you have duties. So Shalon is gritting her teeth. She looked up those steps toward her goal. The cook slowly lowered her novel, and her frown seemed like one that you did not disobey. Mm-hmm. I really like that too. Um, so Shalon nods, and of course she'll do as the the cook asks. Right. But of course she doesn't. Um, she actually heads upstairs, and um, she freezes in place as a figure steps into the hallway. Tall, with a square face, angular nose, and it is Amram. Yes. Fashionable or otherwise. He was not supposed to be in the building today. 
This is the information that he got from, or she got from Adeline. Adeline told her, mm-hmm. Amaram and my father are having dinner together. Right. So she picked this night according to that information. And, right. And he's not there. He's here at his own house. What's the name of this chapter? This is Into the Sky? Yeah. Yeah, Into the Sky. It's, it, I, I didn't get a better name than Into the Sky because, of course, with Kaladin's training, it, you, uh, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I thought fashionable or otherwise was, was interesting mm-hmm. as, a, as an alternate title. <clears throat> fashionable or otherwise, Amaran was not supposed to be here. You're right. Having dinner with Dalinar. So, so what do you think there? Like, is he purposefully not going? Got the or... day wrong or canceled for whatever reason? Got the day wrong. You know what I mean? Like maybe Adeline <laughs> thought it was this night or maybe it's supposed to be the next night. It could be at, it could be Adeline's error. Yeah. yeah, it could be. It could just be that maybe Amaram wasn't feeling well or Dalinar was busy. You know, we know that the uh, um that Adeline has the meeting with Eshenai after he tells her that Amaram is supposed to come over for dinner. So maybe the plans for dinner got derailed because of what happened out on the plateau between Adeline and Eshenai. Right. We, oh, the we can't get to together for off. dinner. We have plans to make. We have stuff to, to, to take care of. So that's possible too. Right. Amaram stood looking over a ledger in his hand and her immediate thought here was run. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Escape from the front door. Uh, vanish into the night. The problem was she'd spoken to the cook. Right. And when the woman, when this cook, um, spoke with Shalon, um, uh, saying that, that she would be back later, she'd be in a storm of trouble and she'd be able to prove with witnesses that she hadn't come back into the house earlier. This is the, the maid. The, who, right. Uh, so like her, her plan's kind of gotten screwed here because she's been seen <clears throat> right. too many times now, once by the cook and now by Amram. Right. So whatever Shalon did, there was a good chance that once she was gone, Amram would find out that someone had been sneaking about. Right. Imitating one of his maids. And we were just, and we were literally just <laughs> saying how awesome she was doing. You know, how well planned this was. She spent a, a, right. a bunch of time researching and pr- pr- practicing. Well, and, and now I a couple say, of like, chance going, encounters has screwed this up, right? Well, you know, being a maid and then trying to cross the kitchen without maybe something happening, that's a little risky, I think. She probably should have t- taken know? another door, maybe. Well, I'm wondering if, if it would have been wiser to be the messenger and walk through the kitchen. I mean, her plan works out, right? Like we know it works out. It works so, out. Yeah. It works yeah. out. But she anyway. just has to do a little bit more um, work to get it to, uh, get it to work. Right. Okay. So, so the stairs uh, up ahead. So Amram was going up to his room. The one Shalon was supposed to inspect. Right. And she's thinking the ghost bloods will be mad at me for alerting Amram. But they'll be even angrier if I do not <clears throat> return with more information. Right. So she had to get in that room, and that meant that she couldn't let Amram enter it. So Shalon, what she do? She scrambles after him up the stairs. Right. Improvisation Prope- time. Preve- she's propelling herself up the stairs. I like how, you know, there's there's you know um, there's Kaladin jumping around the chasms, and here she is jumping around these stairs. Yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe he wouldn't go into that room, but she wasn't so lucky. Mm-hmm. As Shalon scurried up the steps, Amram went to that room and was putting a key inside the door and unlocking it. Mm-hmm. And then she just blurts out, Bright Lord Amram. Yeah. And he, and he looks at her frowning and says, Telesh, weren't you going out tonight? 
So there's two things interesting there is he knows the maid by name. Mm -hmm. And he also knows that the maid typically would have plans. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's interesting. It Mm -hmm. shows that he's up on it. Right. So she says, I did, Bright Lord, but I came back. Talesh, you still can't choose between them? I promised your father that I'd see you cared for. How can I do that if you won't settle down? So, again, even a further extension of how much he's involved with his staff. Right. He's you know, a, this like, kind man who is taking care of this girl because he promised her father. Like, th- this is the actions, this is the kind of stuff that Dalinar would do. <clears throat> yeah. Right? I know. Which is, is probably why Dalinar and him get along so well, because outwardly, Amram's the same as Dalinar. They're both men of honor. No. They're not. Well, they, they, I what did she say earlier? She says later on. <laughs> I don't on, want them to get along. She, I don't she, want this, like. <laughs> she calls them later on the a paragon of honor. Of honor, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Is that what she says about Amram? I think, I think so, yeah. She, I think that's later on in the chapter. Okay. Either she says it or okay. Kaladin says it. <clears throat> right. Um, Talesh, uh, yeah. She says, it's not that, Bright Lord. Um, have, who the... The one of the guards she met down below. Right. Stopped a messenger on the perimeter coming for you. He sent me back to tell you. A messenger? From whom? Well, Hab didn't say, Bright Lord. He seemed to think it was important, though. That man, Amram says, he's too protective. He thinks he can keep a tight perimeter in this mess of a camp. Mm-hmm. Better see what it's about. So he's going to battle. He's going to battle off. Mm-hmm. Shalon gives him a bow as he passes by her and he trots down the stairs. She counted to ten. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, Pattern, where are you? He comes out of the folds of her skirt, and of course, you have the ultimate thief. Oh my god, it's awesome. Literally goes into the lock, and is able to see the pattern, and unlocks it. Yeah, it's amazing. And he's done this many times before. He did it with uh, uh, Tin's trunk, and she said that she gets... What is it? Uh, she had him try a few more times on locks back locks in, her in her rooms. Locks in her rooms. Yeah, to see right. if he could keep doing it, and he can. Again, amazing. part of her plan. Well, a Part lock plan, is just a right? pattern, right? Right. Yeah. So, so the lock clicks, a sphere plucked from her dress pocket, um, lit it for her. Um, the secret room she was in, the room with shutters always closed. I thought that would have been a good title too. Yeah. But it was a little elderly woman in the car with a blanket and the... Okay. <laughs> a room that had sorry a room that the ghost bloods wanted so desperately to see and it was filled with maps cool very so again cool. every every point of view ends with something awesome yeah i know and you it's know, like Ka- the, next, Kaladin, the next yeah yeah Kaladin jumps down you know um uh you know this room is filled with maps the previous one was her uh what was the ending of the previous point of view um Oh, when he's training and he's like, well, I better keep doing this because, um, it's better than being killed by that assassin right. in the shard blade. Right. Like, like every little point of view in this chapter, it just, it ends so well. It's mm-hmm. a, one of my, you're right. It's one of my, it's, this is one of my favorite chapters of the entire book it's, so far. It's so good. Um, I would like to point <clears> out though, <throat> that her plan, she tells him, uh, that mm. have stopped her, stopped a messenger, right. and told her, sent he sent me back to tell you about the messenger. This, right. her whole 
plan to cover up her entry into the house right hinges on so that have not telling amaram that no i didn't send her right you know what i mean if amaram was like oh talesh told me that you have a messenger for me if he's if amaram says that none Mm -hmm. of it matters right none of it matters because he'll say well i know i never saw talesh but more than likely we have to assume that amaram just says oh there was a messenger for me not invoking yep. Talesh, right? So it's, it's she thought really ahead so brilliantly. It's so wicked. Yeah. I, I just think she's just she went up a few notches in terms of her her genius and 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 like thinking ahead. For yeah, sure. this is rogue style stuff, man. This is like <clears throat> spy stuff. This is spycraft for sure. Oh, it's killer. Yeah. The trick. Okay, so now we go back to the the chasm. Yeah, scene change again. Um, the trick to jumping between surfaces wasn't the landing, and it wasn't reflexes or timing. And it wasn't even about changing perspectives. It was about fear. Mm-hmm. It was about that moment when hanging in the air, body lurched, being pulled down, to being pulled sideways. His instincts were equipped to deal with this, with this shift. A primal part of him panicked every time. So I think it's interesting that, you know, conquering your fear... Because you're you're changing your your perspective, mm-hmm. and maybe that is maybe that is a great definition of fear is having your perspective changed. I I, I I read this and I thought, wow, this speaks for a grander idea here that it is hard for us, innately hard for us to change mm-hmm. our perspective to see someone else's side of things because of fear. Right. Like, wow, what a what a great thing to think about. Like, it's it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. How true is that? Like. Well, and, and, and what a great metaphor for having the ground falling out from your feet. Right, right. Because, yeah, because right. that's the way you feel. Like, you're, you're used to having your feet on the ground. Well, now your feet are on the wall. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, well, no, no, no. I, I'm not putting my feet on the wall. The world my, is my upside feet down. Are on the ground. Literally upside right. down, yeah. Right, right. So I, I think that's a really fascinating way to i at least at least i think for us the readers to think about fear because he knows being about kaladin knows how to run and jump and fight and do all those things and like he says <clears throat> the only thing that's stopping him from being able to fully embrace this is the fear of the unknown yeah right exactly like, yeah it's just really amazing so it was like teaching himself to dive face first onto a stone surface Without raising up your hands for protection. Yeah. That's another great way to describe it. Yeah, it really is. I don't is. think any of us would, if somebody told us, go, go jump in that, uh, uh, that emptied out pool and at uh, the last minute, right. uh, just, just change where your feet get, get grounded. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Uh, how would I not do that? And, uh, yeah. uh but I'll, 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 I'll watch over here yeah. while I watch you do that. Yeah. The bo- he says the body <laughs> knew, it knew that he was going to fall back to the chasm floor. He would break right. bones, hit his head. He, he landed on the wall without stumbling. So like, it's like your, your yep. body knows. Well, but it's, it said just before that, it says he shifted his perspective. Right. Yeah. And used stormlight to make the wall become downward. Right. And, and, and then just after that, it says his instincts rebelled though, even yeah. still in that brief. So, so that's the thing, like your, your instincts, your body, it's betraying you. Right. He realizes that he's made that wall down, but he just, mm-hmm. he can't get over the fact that it's so strange. And what did they say? It's, right. um, he's like, it's, <laughs> it's unnatural. That's what he says. Here it's unnatural. Oh, and I love what she says to that. Uh, 
She says, no, I, I could never be involved with anything unnatural. It's right. just extra, extra natural. <laughs> right. And he says, well, yeah, but you mean supernatural. No, I don't. <laughs> no, and I that's don't. it. She doesn't explain it any further. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I find that she's just like an awesome kid there. Like, yeah. you know, but she says, no, no, it's, I, I would never be involved with anything unnatural. Right. So it's, it's extra natural. Well, don't you mean supernatural? No, I don't. And then that's it. Silence. Isn't that great? <laughs> Silence. It's so great. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It was natural as walking wasn't natural for a child who was just learning. It became natural over time. Kaladin was learning to crawl and unfortunately he'd soon be re required to run. Like a child dropped in a white spine's lair. Learn quickly or be lunch. Mm -hmm. He lunch. ran along the wall, hopping over a shale bark outcropping and then jumped to the side and shifted to the floor of the chasm. He landed with only a slight stumble. Better. He ran after Syl and kept at it. Okay, so he's getting it. He's slowly getting it here. Kept at it hundreds of times. Hundreds of attempts. We have to assume falling, that he's been doing face. this all day long. Like he, you know what I mean? He like, he's, he's been working for a while here. He is not doing this in yeah. five minutes. It's arduous training. I mean, we got the, you know, you've got the music going, the montage, you know, like the, the, like the training montage, you know? Yeah. Know, it's what it, to Norris. it's totally what it is. It's it's yeah. a, you're a rocky it's, training it's montage. Stallone. Yeah, yeah it's, it's he's it's, in it's, the woods with a like a log <laughs> on his shoulders. Yeah, the Arnold carrying the big. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I love it. Oh, that's I love so it. funny. <clears throat> and then we get back to maps. So we we change perspective again. Yeah. Um. And it so her sphere that she has reveals a room draped with maps and strewn with papers. Mm -hmm. They were covered in glyphs. She couldn't make out all of them. When, when it and says, then she, when but it then says, she thinks. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that when she says maps, I can't help but think of the Yeah Yeah Yeah's song maps. I don't know why. Uh. Why am I not familiar with it? Oh, you got to listen to it. It's amazing. But as soon as it was like yeah, maps, really I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> whereas I, whereas I was thinking Dora the Explorer with I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm, I'm the map. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I should have thought of that. <laughs> that's funny. So, so there's a map over here and then over the corner, there's a backpack. Oh and, my oh, gosh. It's boots. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, but some of these glyphs she's thinking are written in Storm Warden script. Ooh. And this is where she puts two and two together. Was Amram a Storm Warden? Right. Or did he have at least those capabilities? Right. That he was he just taught at, at the very or talents. Least. Yeah, yeah. Right. So she's thinking she and the next paragraph discusses it. Was Amram a Storm Warden? There were uh, charts of times on the wall listing high storms and calculations of their next arrival. And she thinks perhaps that's why the ghost bloods were, uh, perhaps this is what the ghost bloods were seeking blackmail material against Amram because storm wardens just being male made most people feel uncomfortable and exposing Amram as a storm warden could seriously damage his reputation. Right. So she's thinking, wow, that's a powerful enough. Yeah. People are already kind of skeptical about these guys, <laughs> right? Like remember, um, Foreseeing the future is of the Voidbringers of and the being able to tell when a right. high, high storm comes, it's kind of like seeing the future. So, and reading these glyphs, it, it, they've, the storm wardens have really made it into a language of their own. Mm -hmm. 
So now, so now you're now you're male and you're reading. Right. It's like a technical loophole that they found in the Voren religion for them to be able to read. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. It's really really cool, actually. Right. Well, it's it's kind of like, oh, we're not supposed to read. Yeah. Well, we're not going to listen to you that. You only we'll, let we'll us find we, a way. Yeah. You only let us use. We'll pictograms. find a way around it. Okay. Yeah. We're we're going to yeah. use pictograms and we'll read those. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So. um Right. All of these maps faintly reminded her of the ones she discovered in her father's study after mm. his death. And she says, watch out, Pattern. Bring me word quickly when Amaram returns to the building. So he buzzes off. Uh -huh. right. I love this little mention of her father <clears throat> because we know her father had links to the Ghostbloods. The Ghostbloods are interested in Amram. They, they, these maps remind well, the, her of the ones she, her dad had in her, his study. So it's like these things are kind of converging, right? There's all kinds of links here. There's not only the maps and, and uh, uh, dealings with her father, but as we come to know, dealing with the Shardblade. Mm -hmm. So Amram, Amram is a connected character. Right to Shalon. Way more than we much, ever knew. Much, Right. Yeah. So time was short though, and she's uh, holding up her sphere, taking memories of these maps. So she's, she's hoping to sketch it all later. That's mm. what she's doing. And again here, I, I gotta say, taking these memories, I mean, she's in there, she, like, as a spy would, she's got that tiny little camera, um, camera yes. clicking. It's, yes. you know, it's Peter Parker with his, with his camera. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking it's wonderful that in this world, you know, we don't have those contrivances to rely on. So what we have are people like Shalon yeah. who take memories. And this has nothing to right? do with her ability as a, uh, like, like with light, light weaving. This is just something that Shalon can do. Right. Being able to, and she's I'm got sure an identical others, memory. Others do it too. Yeah, there must yeah. be other people in this world that also have identical memories, right? Of of course. Yeah, because there's other people producing artwork that's probably you know mm -hmm. considerable it's, to hers. Uh, what which, a useful talent to be a spy! If that, that this is kind of like what she's doing here, she's like, this is spycraft. <laughs> what a useful talent being able to take uh, have an identical memory is like. This is amazing. So looking over these maps, she's like, oh, there's one of the shattered planes. This map was far more extensive than even the prime map that she had studied in the King's Gallery of Maps. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Uh, we so had a he, scene in the Gallery of Maps a long time ago in the first book. Back in the Vale? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, no, no. Um, this is here in the war, uh, war camps. Um, there's a... Um, it, oh, it was in the right. first book. Dalinar met with um, uh, Aladar, I think, to try to form an alliance, and they met in the, the Gallery yep. of Maps room. And it was just these right. all these maps and even the most detailed map they have uh, in right. the King's Gallery of Maps isn't as detailed as this one that Amaram has. As what Amaram has. That's yeah. really cool. How has Amaram obtained something so ex so extensive? She she questions. There is no grammar to them that she could see amongst these glyphs. These glyphs weren't meant to be used that that way. Mm -hmm. But they conveyed a single idea, not a string of thoughts. So she read a few of them. Origin, direction, uncertainty. The place of the center is uncertain. That's interesting. It's very interesting because we've just recently... Considering the glyph message. Yes, from about Dalinar. the center. Find right. the center. Yeah. Find the center. Mm -hmm. There's some parallels here so, for sure. <clears throat> Perhaps Pattern could translate it. Yeah, I would be having pattern all over this. Yes, but she can't do it now because she's only got like a couple well, of minutes, right? So take a bunch right. of pictures in her mind, draw them out later, and, and get then out of here. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Aside from the maps, the walls were covered in long sheets of paper. Yeah, th this, oh, I, I gotta say, with all these maps, the walls with sheets of paper, you know how those kind of, like, obsessive people that are really interested in a project? Yeah. And they've got the room all decked out with their crazy <laughs> yeah. whatever, like, like... You you want to accuse uh, you know Dalinar of being crazy? Mm -hmm. Well, take a look at this room. Like, yeah, it's you know, like and, that. And she uh, she like, even says here, it's like that. It's, uh, it's filled with writing, figures, and diagrams. Amram was working on something big. Right, he was working on something. Sorry, big. it's like that. Uh, and I was just gonna say that it's it reminds me of the uh, always sunny in Philadelphia meme where he's got the conspiracy wall with all the yarn and stuff. Right, <laughs> connecting this <laughs> plot to this plot. Parshendi, she realized, that's what those glyphs mean. Yeah. Paref, Shenesh, Edi. Three glyphs individually meant three separate things. But together, their sounds made the word Parshendi. Mm -hmm. Now, that's interesting because it, is, it, is that part of what the other message before is unite them? Um, you know? Oh, you mean unite the words to make another word kind of thing? Hmm. Well, unite the, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I found it interesting that these glyphs separate what the Parshendi are. Right. So what I'm wondering is, is are the Parshendi uh, already in a state of separation? I think this is just showing how <clears throat> the Storm Wardens and or Amram right. in this instance is using glyphs to be able to make language. Earlier, she's like, oh, they, they, they right. used it to make language. This is saying here, Amram was using some glyphs phonetically Com and, and, then, right. uh, and then by connecting them- To be able to them, communicate. Right, right. Right. It's almost like a right. secret That's script or something, right? And again, it, 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 even, it even adds to the, um, to the themes here too with these glyphs. If these glyphs are more complicated, let's say, as like blocks that form a word- right then it's kind of like shattering it, isn't it? It's right. like taking the word Parshendi and shattering it. Now it's broken. Right. And now it's in pieces. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's interesting. I really like that. Parshendi, she translated, um, must know how to return the void bringers. What? Remove the secret from them. This is what, one Reach of the things the that she's reading, right? Yeah, she's, she's, she is uh, deciphering these right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to read that again. Yeah. Um, Parshendi must know how to return the Voidbringers. Remove the secret from them. Reach the center before the Alethi armies. These are things that Amram has in his, in his office. Yeah. In, his, in this, his private chambers. She recognizes some of the quotes from Yasna's work. Right. Others were purported sketches of Voidbringers and creatures of mythology. So I want to bring up one little bit there. Not that I, <laughs> here I go again. Um, she recognized quotes from Yasna's work. So what I immediately thought there was, does that mean that Yasna could have been working with Amaran? Um, so I don't know. Okay. Um, is the answer to that. I just thought, it, I mean, it's not know, a, it's not a silly thought because the ghost bloods were after <clears throat> her. The ghost bloods are after Amaram. Right. Right. So that's, that, that's, uh, um, a point in your favor. The only thing that I would say is that mm. it's clearly shown in the prelude of this book that Yasna does not like Amaram at all. At all. Right. She, he wants her 
in a romantic fashion, she can't even stand the sight of him in any fashion. So her opinion right. of him was so low that I, it would be really hard, I think, for her right. to ever work with him. So that's the only thing I would put out there. But you're right. This faction but of the Ghostbloods are, are his... after both of these people. So it would make sense if maybe they were working on the same project together. Especially since well, she's then, like, the, I'm recognizing some of her stuff here. Perhaps, perhaps then she, if she despises him truly, even if he, it's, it's obvious that he has made advances and was interested in her, which I think indicates that he's had access to her. Maybe he has stolen some of her work. Right? Right. Yeah, that's possible too. You know, she, she's a genius, right? So it would make sense that if someone else is doing independent study on this topic, that they would come across her writings. Right. So. Um, others were purported sketches of Voidbringers and other creatures of mythology. This was it. She's, say, she's saying, full proof that the, that the ghost bloods were interested in the same things Yasna was, mm -hmm. as was Amaram, apparently. Her heart was beating with excitement. Shalon turned around, looking over the room. Was the secret to Irithiru here? Yeah. Had he found it? Had Amaram found it? As she did, the writing she translated in passing caused a new species of dread to rise within her. I thought that was really interestingly put. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed that High Lord Amram, paragon of a lethe honor... There we go. ...was actively trying to bring about the return of the Voidbringers. Right. I have to stay a part of this, Shalon thinks. I can't afford to have the Ghostbloods cast me out for making a mess of this incursion. I need to discover what else they know, and I have to know why Amram is doing what he does. Right. This is when she decides that it's not good enough for her to get in and get out. She needs to clean up her mess on the way out because she right. doesn't want to be punished by one side of this so that she can stay involved. Right. Shalon had better craft, better lies. Mm -hmm. She pulled a sheet of paper from her pocket and slapped it onto the desk and then began to frantically draw. Right. I want to point something out here before we leave this POV. Um, High Lord Amaram was actively trying to bring about the return of the Voidbringers, right? Right. That's what she was concluding. Right. You really want this to, uh, you want, you really want the, uh, to end this? Yes, please. I want peace, regardless of the cost. Then you will have to destroy us, Eshenai says. Why, Adeline That's repeated, right, yeah. why did you kill Gavilar all those years ago? Why betray our treaty? King Gavilar, he should not have revealed his plan to us that night. Poor fool. He did not know. He bragged, thinking we would welcome the return of our gods. Right. So are you thinking the, the Voidbringers and their gods are the same? I'm saying that there are many different people doing many different things right now that are trying to bring something back right so whether or not and they're be, connected and because, i just and because of perspective it could be the perspective of the parshendi that 
that that's their gods. Right. Another perspective, it could be that these are referred to as void bringers. Right. And and Yasna thinks that the Parshendi themselves could be the void bringers. So there are could be the, yeah, it, this right. is just like yeah. the this is Multiple. just like the uh, who discovered the Parshendi first, depending on who you talk to. There are many different explanations for it. So this... It's like a, it's like a game of Clue, I think. Kind I think of, it's, kind um, of, yeah. It's in the kitchen <laughs> with the wrench, and it was, yeah. it was Colonel Mustard. Okay. Yeah, it, it's it's in the veil in, in <laughs> Carbranth with the, with the stick. With the uh, uh, oath stone, which is... Uh, <laughs> with the oath stone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we get a scene um, change here. Back to Kaladin. He's jumping off the walls again at a careful speed. Um groundbreaking steps. It was going very quickly now, but at least he didn't stumble anymore. Up, back onto the wall, down again, again and again, sucking in stormlight. Yes, this was natural. Yes, this was him. Mm -hmm. He leaped over a large pool of water, but he misjudged the size and he was going to come down, about to splash into the shallow water. But by reflex now, he looked upward and lashed himself toward the sky. Right. So... He where almost does it by accident. We, where we began, where we began in the beginning when he was, when he jumped on the wall and then landed on his face, mm -hmm. uh, now he's misjudged a, a, a large uh, pool of water, but now his reflex lashed him up. Right. So he can like coast avoiding, above it, right? Like, yeah. Right. For a brief moment, Kaladin stopped falling down and fell up instead. Mm -hmm. He then lashed himself downward again. I could lash myself upward and fall into the sky forever. But no, that was how an unordinary person thought. A sky eel didn't fear falling, did it? Mm -hmm. A fish didn't fear drowning. I love that. Until he began thinking in a new way, he wasn't going to be in control of this gift that he had been given. And it was a gift. He would embrace this. Oh, I love this part. The sky was now his. Dude, I love that line so fucking much. He, the sky was now his. Yeah. You know yeah. how he, remember he, he said, he said that he claimed the chasms, the chasms are mine now. Right. The sky is now his as well. I fucking yeah, love it. I it's want so it all. great. It's so great. I want it all. No pausing, no hesitance, no fear. Sill was laughing with joy. He landed going down on one knee upon what had been the ceiling to him just a moment before. You did it, Sill says. What changed? I did. Well, yeah, but what about you? Everything. She frowned at him. He grins back and then took off at a run alongside of the chasm. So, so much is going on. It's, it's a short little, little scene change. Yeah. We're back to Shalon. Um, Shalon is thumping her feet down hard, heading into the kitchen. The cook looks up and says, Bright Lord. And it's Shalon as Amaran. Yes! A shorter, a shorter version, but... Right. She's standing um, on her tippy Amaran, toes to try to make up the height. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remain seated, uh, he, uh, he, I guess Amram says. Pattern spoke the words she told him to say in perfect imitation of Amram's voice. So isn't that great? Isn't it amazing? The two, the two of them working together. Yeah, he's the voice box. Yeah, because he, he can replicate Amram's voice. She just has right. to make the... Perfectly. She just has to make the, the image of him mouth it out, right? It's right. so good, man. Hey, they're like Millie Vanilli. The hey, that's what it is. It's like lip singing right here. It's a Millie Vanilli. <laughs> he comes down to the cook and he's like, baby, ba 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 baby. That's <laughs> I was imagining it a bit more like um like um ventriloquism. Oh. Where it's like um 
you've, <laughs> where Pattern's doing the voice and, and she's doing <laughs> and the... one's like... Acting it out. Yeah. Yeah. And who's controlling who? Um, remain seated, uh, Amram says, or Shalon says. Pattern spoke the words. The cook remained seated. Hopefully from that position, she wouldn't notice that Amram was shorter than, than he should be. Yeah. Um, you spoke to the maid Talesh earlier, says Pattern. Yes, Bright Lord. I sent her off to work for Stein uh, this evening. I thought the girl needed a little direction. No, Pattern says. Her return was at my command. I have sent her out again and told her not to speak of what happened tonight. What happened tonight? You were not to speak of this event. You interfered with something that is not of your concern. Pretend you did not see Talesh. Never speak of this event to me. If you do, I will pretend none of this happened. Do you understand? The cook grew pale. Mm-hmm. So this is Shalon covering her tracks. Right. Trying to, at least. Trying to. Yeah. yeah. So Shalon nods uh, and then walks out of the kitchen out into the night. So she's heading out, out of sight. She exhales and the image of Amram vanishes, replaced by the messenger boy. She's got to do this quick. Boom, boom, boom. Because she can't let anyone else see her as Amram, especially right. Amram. Because then there's going to be like a Spider-Man meme where they're going to be pointing at each other and nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> I didn't notice that the girl had seen me talking to the messenger, High Lord. Have was saying, she must have realized. Oh, there the it trails is. Trails off as right? as they saw Shalon. Right. So this is this is now um, Shalon moving away from the kitchen outside and then coming towards where Amram and Have are having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not what she had wanted, or actually maybe it was exactly what she wanted. Well, they, they remember the, the, right? the thing I said earlier where, you know, her whole plan could hinge on this thing. Well, she interrupts them before they even get to get to that, right? Right. Yeah. So it's good timing. It's, it's no matter now have, says Amarim. Hi, Lord, Shalon says, I bring you a message. Obviously Darkborn, the man says, stepping up to her. What does he want? He, Shalon asked. This is from Shalon, Shalon Devar. Brilliant. Brilliant yeah. in using She's herself. She's the message of. Yes. And right. using herself as the person who's sending the message. She doesn't have to worry about, oh, Sabario sent you right. a message or Dalinar sent you a message. Right. She's, no. Because what if anybody, any of those can. It keeps the lie more, con, more in her control. Yes. It's perfect. Because she can corroborate the story, right? She can corroborate her own story, which is the whole reason why she's doing it. It's amazing. Amaram cocks his head and says, who? The betrothed of Adolin Colin, she says. She is trying to update the accounting of all the shard blades in Althkar with pictures. She would like to reschedule, or, or she would like to schedule a time to come and do a sketch of yours, if you're willing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amaram said. He seemed to relax. Yes, well, that would be fine. I am free most afternoons. Have her send someone to speak with my steward to arrange a meeting. Yes, High Lord, I'll see that it's done. Shalon says, moving to leave. You came this late? Amram asked. And me, as a first-time reader, I was thinking, oh boy, this is it. The game's up. Mm -hmm. To ask such a simple question? Shalon says, I don't question the commands of Light Eyes, High Lord, but my mistress, well, she can be distracted at times. I suppose she wanted me on her task while it was fresh in her mind, and she's really interested in shard blades. Who isn't? They're wondrous things, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And he actually makes his appear and i was still thinking at this this is it this is this it. is really bad yeah, yeah because i was thinking you know he he knows so much about the maid he knows all these intimate details he he he, he might have already discovered 
her in some other way that she that she doesn't know. Right, right. Or she or she might have she might have given herself up in a way that she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's not quite what happens. No, it's not. Um, he he brings the he brings out the shard blade. He holds it up, looking at looking at himself in the reflection. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, and then he says, "Such beauty, such art. Why must we kill with our grandest creations?" Ah, uh, but I'm babbling, delaying you. I apologize. The blade is still new to me. I find excuses to summon it. Mm-hmm. Shalon was barely listening. A blade with the back edge ridged like flowing waves. Or perhaps tongues of fire, etchings all along its surface. Curved and sinuous, she knew this blade. It belonged to her brother, Helleran. Bum, bum, bum! Again, a brilliant... You know, ending to the point of view is like the point of view endings in this chapter are amazing. Yeah, it's really well constructed. Um, because of course I'm wondering, I'm I'm still wondering. You know, did he did he kill him? Which of course we, I guess we get that. Uh, I think I think we get confirmation of that from from Amram uh, in the next few pages. Well, hold on a second here. I what? I think that we have a moment here where you might not realize what's really happening. What do you mean? The Helleran's blade now yeah. belongs to Amram. Yeah. Where did Amram get that blade? Off of Helleran. No. From Kaladin. Why? Kaladin's the one who killed the Shardbearer. And right. He, and Amram took the blade. This means, dude, that Kaladin killed Shallan's brother on that battlefield that day. Whoa. That is crazy. Yeah, dude, that's what this means. Are you, are you sure? Yes, dude. Amaram only has that shard blade because he took it from Kaladin. Remember, he ki- had to kill all of Kaladin's men right. to cover up the fact that he was taking this blade. A- and it's the same blade. Amaram, later on, it says, I had to stab the guy through the eye visor to be able to kill him. I- Amaram doesn't do that. It was Kaladin that did that. It was Kaladin did that. Kaladin killed Shallan's brother. Oh my god. I should have picked up on that. I can't believe that I didn't put that together. I'm actually so happy it. you didn't. This is awesome. Oh, I'm in shock. That's cr- that's crazy. Remember this quote from the first book. Why Thedekar right. would risk this, Amaram was saying, speaking in a soft voice. But who else would it be? The ghost bloods grow more bold. We'll need to find out who he was. Do we know anything about him? And they're talking about Helleran. They're talking about the man Kaladin killed on the battlefield that day. So Helleran, sorry, Helleran, you're saying Helleran was a member of the Ghostbloods? That's what Amaram suspected, that the Ghostbloods were growing more bold by sending an assassin in Shardplate to kill me. Right. So if, if he's wow. right, that means Helleran was part of the Ghostbloods, just like his father was part of the Ghostbloods. Or at least, right. um, not part and of now, them, but associated with them. Yeah, associate. And now Shalon is being... And now Shalon's part of it too. Well, there goes my chances for a happy trio between Adolin, Kaladin, and Shalon. Dude. 
It's intense. That's, that's crazy. I I had I had interpreted that, of course, that Helleran's blade was lost to Amram. But I did not connect it to that event with Kaladin mm-hmm. winning winning the blade that he gave up. That's how that's how uh, um Amram has that blade to begin with. And the armor right. too. He has the whole suit because Kaladin won it in that fight protecting Amram. And then after that is when all of uh, the rest of his men were killed. Is yeah, that right? That's that's remember at the beginning of this pod, I said, oh, there's a moment that God, happens yeah. that shatters both their worlds. Sh- Shalon's brother gets killed in battle and she only finds out now that he's dead by Amram's, right. uh, 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 by Amram's words, words. And that event also, and it's not even Amram's hand. And it's, it wasn't even Amram that did it. It was Kaladin. And by doing that, Kaladin lost all of his men. And then, well, obviously he ended up here with bridge four. So, I mean, it worked out in the end for him, but still has caused him oh all, ma- all this, uh, all this trauma, this right? Is, the, I, 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 we might have to stop recording. This is crazy. We have to continue recording. I didn't get to absorb this yet, dude. We have to continue. This is nuts. We have to continue. We're almost done, dude. Okay. Wow. Well, I wasn't expecting to have that kind of reveal on the show, but wow. No, dude. This is the kind of thing that I was hoping for, to oh, be honest. That's crazy. That's nuts. Oh, I, I, I'm having a hard time. Okay, we'll, we'll proceed, but wow, I'm blown away by that. Point of view change, back to Kaladin, jumping in the chasms. The wind was joining him, still soaring... Um, beside him she's always with him Mm -hmm. he lashes himself to the other chasm wall crossing an entire chasm landing on his hands he threw himself back upward and lashed himself only slightly in another direction now much lighter he was able to twist in the air and come down on his feet he stood on the wall facing down the chasm hands in fists and light pouring off of him Mm -hmm. Scylla hesitated flitting around back and forth and she asks him what? More, he said. Then, then he lashed himself forward again down the corridor. Fearless, he fell. This was his ocean to swim, his winds upon which to soar. Right. Comparing back to the fish in the sky eel. Mm-hmm. He fell face first toward the next plateau. Um, just before he arrived, he lashed himself sideways and backward. Like an eel swimming through waters, swerving around boulders, onward, faster, still falling. Um, I, I know I'm skipping through a lot of the text, but if you want to stop me, go ahead. No, no, but no, I, you're, I just, it's, it's perfect. This I is loved, the, the, these are the moments we, we need to talk about. But now no plateau walls got in his way. He soared toward the horizon, distant, lost in the darkness. He gained speed, coat flapping, hair whipping behind him. Air buffeted his face and he narrowed his eyes, but he didn't close them. Yeah. And then he I says, love that yeah, so much. me too, so much. And then he says here, beneath dark chasms passed one after another, plateau, pit, plateau, pit, this sensation flying over the land. He had felt this before in dreams. Right. Remember? When he was flying, right? Yeah. When he was flying at the head of the storm and he crossed over right. all of Roshar in that dream. Right. Um, what took bridgemen hours to cross, he passed in minutes now. Yeah. The wind carrying him himself, still zipping along to his right, attracting other wind spread. Yeah, dude. 
but he could, but he could pick out Syl among amongst them. He didn't know how, but he could. The visual on this and of him flying through the air and all these windspren kind of just flowing around him is just amazing. The, oh, it's so awesome. These ribbons of light. Yeah, yeah it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the music alone, if you're going to depict this, um, I, I can't, I, I'm really looking forward to this being depicted either in animated the, form this, or in This or in scene television. in this chapter, absolutely. Like, I, oh, I, it just, it's, it's amazing. Um, so we, we get, we get a connection here with, uh, with our good friend, uh, um, oh geez, I can't remember his name. Not, uh, um, Lenny, I'm thinking, <laughs> starts with an L, damn it. Lenny. Um, the guy with all the cousins. Oh, Lopin. Lopin. Um, Seal and her cousins. Yeah, that's right. She's so got a here, lot of cousins. So, so now, <laughs> so now we get a Lopin connection. So there's Seal with all her cousins, uh, flying around, uh, Kaladin as he's spiraling, uh, with all this light dancing around him. How long had it been since he felt this good, this triumphant, this alive? Not since before Tien's death. Mm-hmm. Even after saving Bridge 4, darkness had shadowed him. That evaporated. Yeah. A, a hundred windspren broke around him like the crash of a wave. Spraying outward from Kaladin in a fan of light, he grinned. Then he looked upward toward the sky. So this is him. He comes crashing down. All this windspren yeah. around him. He comes crashing down. And when he does, they just go. Yeah. And they like, yeah. s- like shoot out from him. It just looks so yeah. cool. Scatter. Yeah. It looks oh, absolutely. amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, back to Shallan, High Lord Amram continued to stare at the shard blade that he had summoned. Shallan remembered her father's quiet terror as he looked upon that weapon, leveled toward him. She would never forget the look of that blade. It was the one that Halloran had held. Yeah. Bright Lord, Shallan says, yes. Uh, Brightness Shallan wants to make certain the records are all correct and that the histories of the blades and plate in the Alethi army have been properly traced. Your blade is not in them. She asked if you would mind sharing the origin of your blade in the name of scholarship. Again, dude, she wants what she wants. Right. Craft better lies. Yeah. Get what you want. Get what you want. I've explained this to Dalinar already, Amram says. I don't know the history of my shards. Both were in possession of an assassin who tried to kill me. A younger man, Veden, with red hair. We don't know his name, and his face was ruined in my counterattack. Right. I had to stab him through this faceplate, you see. And and that's the clue. That's the clue that I didn't pick up on. Right. Stabbed him through the faceplate. I, I didn't connect that to the fight that Caliban he had, had where he did that maneuver. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, that's what right I there, missed, yeah. dude. Young man, red hair. <sighs> she's like, she that's stood. crazy. She stood before her brother's killer. When in reality, no, she's not. she did not. Yeah, she's not standing in front no. of her brother's killer. I, I thank you. I will pass the information along, she says. She turns away, trying not to stumble as she walked. She finally knew what had happened to Helleran. Mm-hmm. You were involved in all of this, weren't you, Helleran? She's thinking, just like father was. But how and why? It seemed that Amaram was trying to bring back the Voidbringers and Helleran had tried to kill him. The guards, blessedly, did not give her any further trouble as she slipped away from Amram's camp and into the anonymity of the darkness. That was well, for if they'd looked closely, they'd have seen the messenger boy with tears in his eyes, crying for a brother that now, once and for all, 
Shalon knew was dead. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. You know Dude, what? I, I, I am having, you, you have no idea what this has done for me for the rest of this pod because I, I can't stop thinking about Kaladin killing Shalon's brother. brother. I know. What a and, crazy shock. And the other thing that I'm having a really hard time wrestling with is, you know, if you're the void bringers, or sorry, if you're the ghost bloods and you're wanting to avoid bringing these void bringers back, then what Helleran was trying to do was good. Right. But because of Kaladin being in Amram's army, mm-hmm. he was doing his job. He was loyal to Amram and, ba- and, and Kaladin at that point really didn't understand the... I guess the perverse nature of so many of these light eyes, mm-hmm. almost all of them. Right. Right. So he didn't understand that. Right. And so he does his duty, kills Helleran, and uh, gives up the blade. Right. And then, of course, Amram seizes that moment and has Kaladin enslaved. Mm hmm. I'm going to make all the listeners right now sigh with That's derision. That's crazy. They're going to sigh with derision right now when I say that. Why? It's all a matter of perspective, right? Uh. Oh, they're like, oh, again with the perspective, Sean. Again. But true, mm-hmm. you know, Kaladin thought he was on one side. Helleran thinks he's on another side. And it all depends all right. on what side you're on and what you're seeing, right? No one really fully knows everyone's motivations here. It's all, it's all depending on your matter of perspective. It's all depending on who you are. Too many perspectives to consider. I'm filling it with fear. The the other thing that I would remind <laughs> us right now when we're talking about, you know, she's like, um, you were involved in all this, weren't you, Helleran? Just like father yeah. was. But how yeah. and why? I would remind us that Wit said, your father, your brother was right. Your father is destroying this house, but he was wrong about everything else. So I would just like to, I, I, I would like to remind us that Wit has said that, Wit, uh, that Helleran Wit was wrong about everything else. So, right. Which means Helleran. Might've been wrong so in his Helleran, motivations to be even be part of the well, ghost bloods may have and been, who knows, right? Well, may have been wrong about Amram. Might have been wrong about, about might have been wrong about everything else. I love that line because it can, it could mean so much. It's so vague, <clears> but like kind of specific to one character. It's really great. But it, I'm but it also it could be very, it could be very confusing too. Like for sure. Wit, wit for could sure. be the, wit could be the problem here. So. <laughs> you know what? I would assume that wit's probably always the problem everywhere he goes. So yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So back to Kaladin, upward, one lashing, then another, then a third. Kaladin shoots up into the sky. Oh, There's yeah. our title for the chapter. Mm-hmm. Nothing but open expanse, an infinite sea for his delight. He dismissed all of the lashings except one up and one down. And he eventually comes to a, a standstill hanging in midair. He's levitating, The second dude. moon... I know. The second moon had risen, bathing the plains in light far below. It's a pattern, he thinks. He'd <laughs> seen this before in a dream. As he's looking down on the... On the yeah, on he's the looking at the shattered plains, plains here, yeah. Um... Wind blew against him, causing him to drift like a kite. The windspren he'd attracted scampered away now that he wasn't riding upon the winds. Sill remains with him, though, resting on his shoulder. Not many men have seen this point of view, she says. I've been trying to get you to do this for a while now, Mm -hmm. Sill says. 
interesting that that she reminds him of that too. Not many men has seen this perspective. This perspective, yes. right? Yes, it's awesome. So, so, so you're one of the most exceptional, exceptional men. Or it's, exceptional. It's persons, great because Amaram and Shalon and the Ghostbloods would all love to be able to see the Shattered Plains in this perspective right now. Sure. Because yeah. for their maps, they'd be able to see the entire thing from up above. But no one really right. gets to see that, right? The mapping they do is probably on the ground mapping. But imagine being right. able to see it from up top and be like, there is definitely a pattern here. It's like when I first picked up a spear, Kaladin says. I was just a child. Were you with me back then, Sil, all that time ago? No and yes, she says. Well, it can't be both. It can. I knew I needed to find you, and the winds knew you, and they led me to you. Mm -hmm. The winds. So everything I've done, Kaladin says, my skill with the spear, the way I fight, that's not me, it's you. It's us. Well, it's cheating. It's unearned. Nonsense, Sil says. You practiced every day. I have an advantage. The advantage of talent, she says. When the master musician first picks up an instrument and finds music in it that nobody else can, is that cheating? Is that art unearned just because she's naturally more skilled? Or is it genius? It sounds like Sills a little bit like Wit here. This is a this is a statement that Wit would make. Yeah, it, it would. It's a uh, again getting you to think about it differently. Right, right. right. The tempest within him calmed um, greatly since he began all this. I'll take it, Kaladin says. Whatever it is that gives me that edge, I'll use it, and I'll need it to beat him. Mm -hmm. Sill nods, sitting on his shoulder. You don't think he has a spren, Kaladin says. But how does he do what he does? This is speaking about Zeth. Yeah. The weapon, Sil says. It's something special. It was created to give abilities to men much as our bond does. All right, here we go. This is a big so reveal feel, here. Yeah, I I think, and this this kind of reminded me, again, it it, it had that, that Luke and Yoda sort of vibe where he's wanting to ask her a difficult question. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's like, Sil... And inside he's thinking, how do I broach this? I can't fight him without a shard blade. She looks the other way. Almost like Yoda's like, uh, rest, I have to rest. Mm. You know? Yeah. Turning away. Evil they are. Um, <laughs> I've provided the training. I've, I, sorry, I've avoided the training with the blades that Zale, uh, that Zale offers. Kaladin continues. It's hard to justify. I need to learn how to use one of those weapons. They're evil, she says in a small voice. Mm -hmm. Because they're symbols of the knights, broken oaths, Kaladin said. But where did they come from in the first place? And how were they forged? Still didn't answer. Well, can a new one be forged? One that doesn't bear the stain of broken promises? Yes, mm -hmm. she says. Yes. How? how and she doesn't reply this is like a um a silent where's dunny here she's like giving him something and then <laughs> not saying anything and giving him something yeah you know like yeah <laughs> it's it's very incomplete yeah it's very... they floated downward the, the, so they both float downward for a time in silence until gently coming to rest on a dark plateau mm -hmm. he walks over to the edge and then goes down back into the chasms um he thinks, did the scouts f find it? Like, did he, they, the scouts see him? Like, he's worried Yeah, he's there. wondering. And then he's like, right. you know what? It's too late now. Like, yeah, they what's done yeah, is done. What's done is done, yeah. 
So he starts walking back towards the, the, the war camps. I like it that they, they return from all of this in silence. Mm-hmm. His stormlight slowly dying out. He felt deflated without it, sluggish and tired. There's a question you're avoiding, Syl said. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been two days. When are you going to tell Dalinar about those men that Moash took you to meet? He didn't listen when I told him about Amaram. This is obviously different, Sil says. And it was. She was right. Mm-hmm. Those men didn't seem the type who would wait long, Sil says. I'll do something about them, Kaladin says. I just want to think about it some more. I don't want Moash to get caught in the storm when we bring them down. It's tough, right? Because Cal really hasn't really had a friend. And Moash is his friend. And Moash is caught up in something. And he wants to try to well, protect him from it while still doing the right thing. So this is where we get Kaladin, you know, Kaladin having saved Bridge 4. Mm-hmm. Now the lives that he's saved are being questioned for what they're doing. So when you threaten Moash, you're threatening what Kaladin has already saved. Mm-hmm. So I don't, think, I don't think that rests easily with Kaladin. No, of course not. Is what I'm saying. It's another bridge. So those men didn't seem the type who would wait long. I'll do something about them. I just want to think about it some more. Um, I don't want Moash to get caught, but the weather had been turning toward spring lately. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it while, while you can, he thought. The weeping comes soon. Weeks of ceaseless rain. No Tien to cheer him up. His brother had always been able to do that. Amram had taken that away from him. So it's funny because I had thought that, um, that Shalon and Kaladin shared that about Amram. Right. That that was another commonality. They lost a brother to him, but mm-hmm. that's not true. That's not true. So that's what's blo- So I, I was, I was thinking that that was one of the cool things about this was, but I didn't put together that attack being described like that and i should have mm-hmm. put that together but i yep. didn't but i but i was thinking that this was another another um another way where these two characters um who haven't really other than the boots uh episode the, the interaction with the boots they haven't had much time together they haven't really um no so but i thought wow what a great moment connection there too. Yeah. like you lost tn yeah mm-hmm. and i lost a brother like if we really want to be if we really want to boil it down to who's to blame it's um Rashon. If Rashon hadn't tried to get vengeance on, uh, on Kaladin's dad. On Kaladin's dad, he w- yeah. They wouldn't have forced recruitment of Tien. Kaladin wouldn't have been on right. that battlefield that day, and he wouldn't have killed Hellerin. Right. So, it's Rashon's fault. <laughs> you could say it's Amaram's fault, too, because Amaram had him kill him. That's true. Right? That's true. Well, so. not really. It was, it was, it was Kaladin's own, um wanting to protect Amram, right? To, right. But, but still, yeah. But still. Yeah, so yeah. he starts getting, like, he thinks about Tien, he thinks about Amram, and then he starts getting that way again, you know. He starts walking towards... What? Instead of walking towards Dalinar's camp, he's walking towards oh, yeah, Sadius's camp. Yeah, because yeah, because Sil's like, Kaladin, where, where, uh, where are you walking? Why, yeah. why are you walking this way? Yeah. And he looks up, and he was on his way to Sadius's camp. Yeah. But he kept walking. Yeah, Kaladin, Kaladin, what are you what are doing? You, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Amram would, would be there just ahead 
Inside Sadius's camp somewhere. It was late. Noman, the moon, was inching toward its zenith. Calden says, I could end him. Mm-hmm. Enter his window in a flash of stormlight, kill him, and be off before anyone has time to react. So easy. Everyone would blame it on the assassin in white. Kaladin, Sil says. It's justice, Sil. You tell me that I need to protect. If I kill him, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Protecting people, keeping him from ruining them, like he ruined me. I don't like how you get, she says. You stop being you. When you when you think about him, you stop being you. You stop thinking, please. He killed Tien, Kaladin said. I will end him, Sil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dark... Th- this is that darkness that overcomes him when he thinks of Amaram, right? But tonight, Sil asks, after what you just discovered, after what you just did... That gets through to him. The, the thrill... He remembers the thrill of the chasms and the freedom of flight. He'd felt true joy. All right, he says, turning toward Dalinar's camp. Not tonight. Mm-hmm. So, so Sil has talked them out of this... Um, and I think it's for the best, but again, what happens if there's not that sill in his ear? Yeah. That's, that's the real thing here. That's why I say it has all the makings of a potential, um, bad thing, Anakin thing. Mm -hmm. Evening stew was finished by the time Kaladin had arrived. Sill zips up into the air. She would ride the winds overnight playing with her cousins. So far as he knew, she didn't need to sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. When he gets back to his room, though, there's someone stirring in the room. Yeah, this is great. Kaladin spins with his spear. The light that streamed off of him revealed a red and black face. It was Shen, the parchment, looking disturbingly eerie in the shadows like an evil spren from the stories. Shen, Kaladin says, lowering his spear. What in the... Sir, I must leave. Kaladin frowns. I am sorry, Shen adds. I cannot tell you why. Hmm. You're a free man, Shen. I, I won't keep you here if you feel you must go, but I, I don't know that there is another place where you can go where you'll be able to make good on your freedom. Shen nods, walking past Kaladin. You're leaving tonight? Immediately. The guards at the edges of the plains might try to stop you. Shen shook his head. Parshmen do not flee captivity. They will see only a slave doing some assigned task. I will leave your spear beside the fire. You're a good man, Captain. I have learned much. And my name is not Shen. It is Relaine. May the winds treat you well, Relaine. Oh, so nice. The winds are not what I fear, Relaine said. He patted Kaladin's shoulder, then took a deep breath, as if anticipating something difficult, and stepped from the chamber. He has a name, Relaine. Relaine's his name. Well, there's there's so much here. Like I um, I like the fact that well, it it appears to me, anyways, that this is what I was talking about. This idea that a parshman, um, could be like a spy, right? And and why do I say this? I mean, not that it's totally indicative that Shen was a spy, mm-hmm. but he he is leaving suddenly. Mm-hmm. So, so so something has changed for him. He has information. Something has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't flee captivity. They will see it only as a slave doing some assigned task. That means he knows how people perceive him. Right. It means that he's and way he's, smarter than, uh, than right. dull form He's taking or advantage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Because he knows people will assume this, but I'm not that. I'm right. something other. Right. So that can be inferred from this. Um, so do leave you, your spear beside the fire. Do you think... Him being willing to... Do you think that Relaine is a spy? Well, I think, I think him being willing to leave the spear, like that's what that says to me is he's kind of rejecting what Kaladin has put him through a little bit. Right. Like, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad for bridge four. I'm glad for the training. I'm mm -hmm. glad for all of this. I learned much. But I have to put, but I'm putting the spear down. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's big for me. Um, you're a good man, captain. I have learned much right there. I have learned much. He's been observant. Mm -hmm. How much has he learned? A lot. If this comes like being, right, being literally right four, on the heels after he was given a spear. Almost like, you know, Kaladin giving him the spear was like, that's it. I got to go. Right. And I think the other thing that we can infer here, and that's why it's almost the last thing he says, my name is not Shen, it is Relaine. Mm -hmm. meaning, Ka meaning Kaladin, you don't know very much about me. Right. Very you much don't so. even know my name. Mm -hmm. We don't. That's we huge. don't know much about them, right? But neither does Kaladin. No, right? Um, the winds are not what I fear. Even that is interesting. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't fear the wind. But but he mentions that he is afraid of something. Right. It's inferring that he's afraid of something. Right. Right. And we know we've just had a little discussion in here about fear, the, about lashing and, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this Parshman is afraid mm -hmm. of something, not the winds. So I was kind of a bit, trying to interpret that a bit ho more hopefully, like that he's uh, not afraid of the wind and what the wind brings. Mm -hmm. And the wind brought Sill to Kaladin. Right. So what that so, means for Lorelaine. I think he's a spy. Um, he pats Kaladin's shoulder, takes a deep breath as if anticipating something difficult and step from the chamber. The winds are not what I fear. And then he touches Kaladin. Mm -hmm. Does he fear Kaladin? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's got like, I'm just, I don't know. There were, there, for me, that ending was amazing because I was filled with questions and. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this little thing comes up oh. and it's just, yeah. So if you can, please tell me your highlight, if you have one. The highlight is you showing me that Kaladin had killed Helleran Crazy, on this right? show. Like, as we record this, that was amazing. Crazy. Like, it, it gives me goosebumps right now thinking about it. I missed it. I didn't connect it. I'm, I, you know, I'm sort and of happy that just, you missed it because it created a great moment for us. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I, oh. it would have been nice had you got it too, because you would have came in here to the show. This oh, episode. it's still, it's still giving me, it's still giving me goosebumps yeah, just thinking about it. So I great. can't, I can't believe it because I, I had already gone down a narrative that I thought I had in place. Maybe it was because I was just kind of reading it fairly quickly mm -hmm. and, you know, just going through it getting to the end because again it was an exciting chapter and and i think i was you know what i was doing i was finding a pattern you were and that prevented me from seeing what was real i was seeing a pattern that wasn't there the pattern that i was seeing was that was that kaladin shared a loss of a brother with shallan to the same man amram that was the pattern that i was looking at mm -hmm. but that's not what it was no um, so that's my highlight for sure. My, my highlight is, um, 
th- that as well. It's got to be the fact that uh, I, I didn't, you know, what's funny is I didn't it. even write down a highlight and it ended up being one like right in front of us. So <laughs> yeah, what a, what a great moment. I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to capture it. Um, well, aside, aside from that, the highlight for me is just how great this back and forth perspective yeah, was. Great. And also uh, thank you, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson for showing training mm-hmm. and skill and not skipping that in, yeah. in the text. It means more so, for sure. It's earned. Remember he yeah, said earlier, sure. Kaladin said, well, that's yeah. cheating. It's not earned. Yeah, it's not earned. Well, this yeah. was earned. Him learning to fly was earned. You know, yeah. he spent the whole day doing it. He's already kind of got some stuff down. He could kind of know us to do stuff, but it really was, it was yeah. great to see. You know what else is earned is a really good info dump. <laughs> That was that was a really bad segue. Um, uh, <laughs> Shalon's light weaving. Uh, she can draw a sketch in the morning and then use it in the afternoon, but longer than a day. And the image from that sketch was blurred and it looks melted. I love this. Mm-hmm. It's um, there's this process of creation um, that uh, there's a limit Becomes on it, thin. and I love it because it makes me yeah. think of D and D, and that there's mechanics involved. And if you ever wanted to do a light weaving um, mechanic in an RPG, you know that's it's baked in right. There. There, there's a rule that's set in place for what you would do, and I, I really like that. As a uh, clearly, as gamers, we we really like it when something like magic systems get fleshed out. And Sanderson's really good at that too. So, um, Amaram mm-hmm. is of the third dawn, which would mean that her dad Lindavar was one lower, so he would be a fourth dawn, and that means Shalon mm-hmm. is lower than that by two, which means she's of the fifth dawn, but she's still a light eyes, which is far above any dark eyes. So that's unfortunate. Um, Amram's colors are burgundy and green, which I thought was actually kind of mm-hmm. nice. That was very, very, uh, I would love to have yeah. a nice burgundy green jacket with shiny buttons. Maybe I'll start working for <laughs> Amram. <laughs> and, uh, lastly, storm wardens, uh, made most people uncomfortable. We already kind of went over this we using glyphs in a way them, that, yeah. that was the same as writing. Um, I love how they, they, they explained that they use the glyphs phonetically these three different yes. glyphs that meant, meant something completely different, but the names of the glyphs, if you put them together, can mean a completely different word, which is really, really cool. It's a very inventive way of doing it. Um, oh, and not lastly, but I do have, I, I said lastly earlier for the Stormborns thing, but the last thing I have written down here mm. is that Kaladin is paid like a light-eyed uh, officer, and he he's a rich bitch now. He has got a lot of money. He literally had a belt holding all of his pouches. Yeah. He had enough yep. uh, stormlight to be able to fly around the sh- shattered planes. So the guy ain't <laughs> yeah. poor no more. He's using he, up stormlight. Yeah. yeah. He, bromes. He, like he, he had a, a bag full of bromes. Yeah, exactly. So he's a, uh, he's a rich bitch now. So that's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, that's the episode, everyone. I'd like to say hi to patrons. Uh, or I think we're going to do it again here. As long as everyone's okay with it, we're going to read off the list of patrons. Our newest patron is Christopher Bagley. Um, we mm. also have, uh, Megan Lloyd, uh, Richard Featherson, Ilya Surden, Daniel Lee, Mies Gregory, Elvira, Denver Rose, David Clamage, Andrew S. Pacman in Idaho, Jason Stock, Ashlyn Lee, Anna P, Joseph Bruno, Pat Bevins, Thomas Kovar, Matthew Eaton, Cosette, William Brown, James Reed, Steph Baum, Alex Trent, Joe William, Joey William, sorry, Christopher Jack, Brendan R, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nisala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Zach Helton, Wick, Joe, 
Buzzkill Joe, um, Alex DeFour, <laughs> Daniel Whidden, Werewolf Will, John, Jake DeFeo, Robert Goebel, my mom, Ari Zhu, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, John Ch- Don Chalice, uh, Christian Papino. Papi, no, 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 no. And last but not least, your wife, Linda, and our best yeah. friend, Mike. So thanks, everyone, for being part mm. of the team. If you want to be part of the Patreon team, go to patreon.com slash heroes of. You can have your uh, uh, name let, uh, read out at the annoying part of the episode at the end. Um, <laughs> and you can be part of the Discord server where we're, you know, we're all uh, on there talking about the show. There's all kinds of fun stuff to do. You can get a care package from us in the mail, depending on the, the tier. You can download some of the theme songs that Jack's written. Uh, over the course of our uh, couple years doing this. He's got all kinds of really nice juicy theme songs you can use for your games if you want. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of different things there. We actually have just unlocked a brand new D&D game. So if you're interested in playing mm-hmm. D&D with us, there are a couple of spots left open. So uh, make sure you uh, go to patreon.com slash heroes of. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so at heroesofcathra at gmail.com. You can hook us up with, uh, hook up with us on Twitter at heroes of one, or the best place to find us is uh, the storm pod on Instagram. Instagram. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening this unexpectedly amazing episode. I was really hopeful, but <laughs> I'm so glad that it turned out the way that it turned out. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.